Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in Associated Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Dave Prentice and Sam Carroll as we talk about the FA Cup, uh, a big game at Goodison on Saturday. Lincoln are the visitors. But the big question is, what team will Michael Silva pick and where on his list of priorities for the remainder of the season does the FA Cup lie? Preno, you know, the FA Cup's a... A terrific competition, storied, wonderful competition. But do you think Marco Silva cares about the FA Cup? Uh, I, I worry about it. I mean, um, I'm a I'm an Alget, so you know. So the FA Cup is a wonderful, wonderful competition for me. Provided you know, so some of you know happiest moments uh, of watching Everton. Um, and to me, it is still very, very significant. But you tend to find that modern managers, especially you know modern managers from the continent, uh, don't treat it with quite the same regard. Uh, but I think he ought to. Uh, four defeats in five is... It's a concern. I'm not going to get overly carried away about this because going into the Anfield derby, the form was good, the progress was good. You know, the, the players that Marcel Brands and Marco Silva have brought in have been a real upgrade on last season. So let's put the whole thing into perspective. But this is a dip. And, you know, so the longer that dip continues, you know, the more concerned fans get, you know, the more atmospheres change. So a lift is needed from somewhere and that can come from the FA Cup. So totally accept that some players look a little bit leggy and, you know, Andre Gomez, Gilfie C, Sigurdsson, possibly even Lucas Dean, you know, so maybe needs, you know, so to come out and be given a rest. But equally, I don't want to see too many changes, you know, wholesale changes indicate you're taking the competition less seriously than you should do. And Marco's already had his fingers burned in the competition against, sorry, in a different competition against Southampton doing exactly that. But come on, it's Lincoln City. I know it's League Two tabletop. I know they got to the quarterfinals a couple of years ago. But the quality of backup team Everton should be able to send out should be you know good enough to beat Lincoln City. But just you know be sensible about it. You know send out an experienced team. I'm talking about you know not kids like Kieran Dowell. You know I know he can't play now. He's on loan. But you know so youngsters that haven't played a game all season. You know. I'd even, put, I'd, I'd even put Phil Jagielka in that respect. He hasn't played all season, so don't throw him into a, you know, a, a game like this just because it's a cup tie. Try and be sensible in your team selection. Should, Sam, though, Marco used fringe players for the, for the, for the two rounds with which we were in the League, club, the League Cup and it didn't work out, got knocked out by Southampton on penalties. So that, that, that rationale from the manager of saying... I want to give these guys an opportunity to show me what they've done. They've had that chance and not taken it. So really, should he not just go full strength? We don't play Bournemouth until the Sunday, so that's an eight-day wait. Is there no excuse not to go full tilt, full pelt at the game on Saturday? If we do, and we win 5-0 and we're comfortably in the lead by an hour, yeah, then make changes. Is Can the manager, given the way the season's going, and look, that you know, a run of results can suddenly catapult you back up the table and Prenos rightly says context and perspective is absolutely needed but in terms of the situation we're currently in right now do you think Michael Silva just has to go full strength 
No, I think it's about getting a happy medium out of it. I don't think that I don't see any reason why uh, someone like Andre Gomez, who looked particularly tired against Brighton and Leicester, I don't I don't see any reason why why he needs to play. I think Gilfie Sigurdsson falls into that category. I think Leighton Baines is is more than a good enough deputy. Uh, as we've seen over the years for, you, for but, Lucas Dean. Sorry, Sam, to interrupt. Uh, using Preno's uh, rationale about not using players who haven't played, he said Jagielka don't play him, he hasn't played. Can you play Bainesy? He's not played. Well, I think it's it's hard because I think this. I think if we were going into this game on the back of five wins on the spin, everyone would be completely fine with people like Baines and Jagielka playing. I think the thing is now we're not playing too well and it... Even though it's at Goodison, it almost feels like a bit of a banana skin. But you've, you know, we we made wholesale changes against Rotherham, and we had absolutely no problem. That was a championship team, championship team, Rotherham, yeah, yeah, yeah. against the championship side. We had no problem. I say no problem. It was, you know, so it was a, a. Eventually, they got there. You know, it was about two goals in the last twenty minutes, wasn't it? But Sigurdsson opened the scoring yeah. that night. Remember. Well, you're pulling apart my argument here. <laughs> no, I, I said opinions. You know, yeah, I, I said on the team selector, like I'm, I'm not comfortable with Stekelenberg or Virginia playing goal, and I think Pickford's. You know, Virginia was, playing. Remember <laughs> 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 old song? Never mind. Go on. Uh, uh, Sam had a glazed look. What's her name? Virginia like, playing. Never mind. All right. Carry on. No. I'll, I'll be one for YouTube <laughs> after this. I think. Uh, obviously, Stekelenberg had his chance against Southampton. Didn't didn't take it. Pickford been up and down a little bit, so I think it'd be nice for him to get. A clean sheet, but you know, I, I, I still think there's there's a way to pick the team tomorrow to be more than good enough to beat Lincoln, yeah. but also give key players a rest. I, I do think Sigurdsson, uh, even though he's rested against Brighton, which was you know quite an unexpected change. Gomez, I think Dean as well could all do with with, with the week off, and, and then we go into Bournemouth and a run of four or five fixtures. Then that suddenly look look must win if we if we're to end this slump and. As Dave said, you know, there's no point sitting here and talking about pressure or panic or anything like that because Marco Silva, for all intents and purposes, will, will still be the Everton manager at the end of the season, no, no matter what. But it, 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 the longer a run like this goes on, the more concern grows, the more likely people are to become a little bit disconcerted. And it's more about getting back to the atmosphere we had, as Preno said again, towards the Liverpool game where people were quite happy with the progress we were making. And I think this hopefully will be a platform for them. The, the atmosphere is something that does worry me a little bit because, uh, I mean, the New Year's Day game, and I know New Year's Day, pe- people can be a bit day. sluggish and it was an early start and all that. But you know, I, I wasn't working that day. I went uh, as a fan and um, it, it was just, it was quiet. It was like so, you know, sort of lacking in any kind of spark all around the ground. And okay, it's the old chicken and egg situation. Should the players be supplying that spark? Should the, plant, the fans inspire the players? But it worried me that 10 minutes from the end, Everton are losing 1-0. And the park end was like half empty. It was like people are just giving it up already. And, you know, surely that shouldn't be happening that early in the game. People should still have some degree of, you know, sort of hope that Everton can get back into it. So I just hope that was a one-off. It was, it was because it was New Year's Day, because it was early rather than any growing trend of fans losing a little bit of faith in the team, really. Bruno, what, just going back to the FA Cup, why do, why the managers and particularly a rec- the recent Recent past of Everton managers, and I'm thinking obviously Marco in the League Cup, uh, Koeman, less so Martinez, of course, because we've got to two semi finals in his final yeah. season. But why, particularly the last two managers, seemingly not interested in both cup competitions? Because for, for us, as we all know, and everybody yeah. listens to this podcast knows full well, every season we go, right, let's have a go at the cups. Yeah. They're a great opportunity for us on several for several reasons. But why, why is that? Is that come from the top? Does that come from the very, very top of the football club? Don't worry about the cups. It's league position. It's league process. That that is what will define you and and make 
sure that you keep your job and we're doing well. That yeah. defines success. No, I think it comes from the managers. And, uh, you know, Allardyce was, you know, a slight anomaly in this one, in this. You know, his FA Cup tie was a Derby match, so you're not going to make changes for that. You are going to go as strong as you possibly can. But, you know, the previous managers, you know, continental manager, um, so, you know, they do think about um, cup competitions differently on the continent. Every single country you look at, it's very much, you know, the poor relation, the cup competition. The FA Cup has far more luster in this country than it ever does in any European country. Um, So... Premier League is all and so they will look at the fixtures either side of cup, cup, of cup ties and you know so rotate their squad accordingly I mean Mauricio Pochettino you know is getting the papers this morning saying that um, he's not interested in the FA Cup uh, you know okay they're in the Champions League so there's a counter argument to that uh, but Continental managers do seem to think that, you know, the league is all, and maybe it does require people, uh, you know, higher up at the football club, you know, Marcel Brands, you know, so the chairman, people on the board and what have you, to say that, no, no, the, the FA Cup must be a priority. You know, it is important to fans in this country and we need a run in it. And it is important, you know, so if anything goes wrong on Saturday, you know, I don't like to think what the mood would be like around the football club. It'd be absolutely horrific. Yeah. Uh, Everton need a win. They need a decent home draw in the next round, mm-hmm. and then just need to start playing. You know, so reasonably strong sides. Um, the, the squad's not, you know, so massively deep in numbers at the moment, but it's still capable of handling two competitions. And I think, you know, that's people have got to get into Marco Silva's head and say to him, look, you know, this is important. He's had one FA Cup tie uh, that he's won in this country as a manager. I was looking the other day um, when he was at um, Watford and uh, they beat Bristol City and then he got sacked before they played in the next round uh, yeah. against Southampton so he hasn't really got any pedigree at all in the FA Cup so he needs to be told about it and you know so inform just how important this competition is So I'm just looking at the way the season's going and look of course you know we're, we're in a block of teams I think we're 11th at the minute aren't we and we're, t- we're around West Ham uh, Watford uh, Leicester um, those type of teams and, and you know get, you know all things even us and that block of teams will be fighting out for it, probably for seventh if we're yep. being realistic at this stage. You know, a run of form can quickly catapult you from eleventh to seventh. So you know that jump can be made. You know, with a, with a decent run of, of of form, as I say. But it, it appears that while we're sort of grow, growing through these growing pains and silver and the new players and, and they try to embed a new way of playing and and, and and getting a level of consistency, we're going to be up and down a little bit this season. If we're playing the right way, but we finish up and down the season, we finish ninth maybe or eight, even eighth, say. But we've had a real good go at the FA Cup. How much more goodwill does that buy the manager? How much more momentum does that take into the summer as opposed to finishing eighth or ninth and getting bombed out in the fourth round because the manager made changes and we were rubbish? I think it's quite interesting at the moment because you know I think most reasonable Evertonians, whatever happens this season... Uh, you know, we'll we'll still hold that that goodwill towards the manager, and I think a lot of that comes from from the good work that they did in the transfer market. I think, as Dave said, you can see, you know, when you think of we swapped Ashley Williams for Yeri Mina, we swapped Wayne Rooney in central midfield for Andre Gomez. You know, we we brought Richarlison in and got rid of Balassi. You know, you you can see block for block mm. in terms of the playing squad where we've improved, um, and I think you know you will always get that that first season then. So I think this manager could be more judged on next season. So I think what the what the FA Cup would do, a good run getting, you know, 30, 40,000 Evertonians back to Wembley, that would definitely gain some momentum and, and some kind of essence that 
you know, he can, he can be the man to bring silverware back because, you know, for, for fans my age, we don't know what it's like to, to see Everton win a trophy. We don't know what it's like for Everton to win big games. You know, it, it's hard to say, but, you know, most games now when we're playing away at the big six, you just kind of, for fans my age, just go in expecting, you know, the worst because we have never, we've never seen it. So I think that for me, the FA Cup is all about, you do need a bit of luck. You need a few good draws. You know, and then when you do go away to the to the big teams that you'll probably almost certainly get, uh, you, you've got to pull it out the bag. I think the we, we've had some missed opportunities, haven't we? The year we beat Chelsea away, and uh, did we end up getting the final that year? Or semi twenty sixteen under Martinez. Oh, Chelsea away. Chelsea so, oh, away sorry, right? Chelsea away. I can't two. remember if that was the f- final or the semi final against Liverpool. Yeah, twenty twelve. That'll be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Martinez. I think probably if he'd have beat Manchester United in that semi final, could make a case he'd still be the Everton manager now because we had Crystal Palace. And we fancied ourselves in the final. Palace, that, you mm. know, the, the first manager to bring Everton that silverware that we all desperately crave will will buy himself a, a lot of time. You mm. know, but obviously it's a little bit different. I think you've you've got to be looking at who we get in the draws. No one's going to complain that much if we get Chelsea away and you know we, we battle but we don't win but gotta beat Lincoln first let's not look ahead of it, ourselves that's what I mean but I mean <laughs> if, if we can beat Lincoln and we and we get a few good draws then then there will be that expectancy to, to get Everton to, to a decent stage and I think if there is another repeat of the Southampton game whether it be about against Lincoln or another team that Everton should beat at Goodison Park away from Goodison Park then there will definitely be some some murmurs of, of discontent and, and some murmurs of the manager not understanding the the, the fabric of the football club. Well, our old friend, Mr. Beasley, who's not here today, but uh, dug out that, you know, yeah. fairly grim stat a couple of days ago that we were looming now on the longest period in the club's history without winning any kind of silverware. I think it was 24 years from, you know, winning the title before the first, Second World War and then winning the league in 1963, which was 24 years, I think. And we're just a year shy of that now. So, you know, clearly, okay, it's just a historical, you know, statistic, but it underlines how, yes. h- how, Poultry it's been over the last, you know, so quarter of a century now, you know, so young lads like Sam, you know, so have been absolutely deprived of the kind of, you know, some silverware that I was fortunate enough to witness, you know, so in the 1980s. Mm. Uh, so it's long, long overdue. And, you know, cup competitions, with all due respect, are the only way it's going to happen in the near future, uh, which is why so much significance has to be attached to them, because they can't be overlooked. F- f- for Marco, looking at the next, what have we got league games left now? Seven, 17. 17 league games left. Largely, we're going to be playing week to week, aren't we? Between yeah. the end of the season. So, what 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 is the reason for not going at the FA Cup full pelt? There isn't. I mean, the, the only excuse uh, that you could have for p- picking a a second string team this weekend is the after effects of the Leicester game. Is whether you know players are still leggy, are still carrying knocks from that game. I understand that. Yeah. But yeah, looking ahead, you know, eight days, like you say, is a massive period of time to prepare for a Premier League match. So there isn't any excuse. Um, you know, it, it's just it's week to week. If you're still involved in the Carabao Cup, you know. You can have an argument again. Uh, David Moyes got his fingers burned in that respect years ago when he, I remember he played Stefan Vessels at home against Oldham uh, a few days before we played uh, Chelsea in the League Cup semi-final and ended up going out. That excuse doesn't exist this year. So there isn't one. You know, it's just purely where the players are in decent shape after the Leicester game and after what has been a very, very gruelling, you know, sort of Christmas schedule. Just, just before I come back to Sam Prenner, what just looking back at our recent our best performances in recent years in the FA Cup. Finally in 2009, a semi in 2012 and a semi in 2016. How did Moyes and then Roberto, what, why did 
we do well in those se- those seasons if you like well in inverted commas of course yeah, yeah. What, what was what was the key was it purely playing strong teams in every round or I, th- I think 2009 where we got to the final uh, it was that because if you remember that the cup draw was very very unkind to us all the way through it was like the hardest you know so yeah. cup draws that any, any team had had getting to the final you know Liverpool in the fourth round you know so Premier League teams all the way through so couldn't really afford, you know, so to make too many changes. And you could argue that, you know, other Premier League teams were, you know, so leaving, you know, so key players out. So that helped in that respect. Um, in the other years that you mentioned, I think, you know, the managers just got the balance right. Um, you know, so, well, apart from the semi-final in 2012. And again, that was just the lack of squad depth. Seeing Maggie Gay going down oh, the left wing that started, day. Just, he started you know, the game, didn't he? Oh, dear, yeah. Just, you know, was Pienau was out, yeah, which is, you know, sort of cost Everson badly that year. Um, and 2016, Martin has got the balance right. He did mix things up in the earlier rounds, but you know, only only to a degree. Um, you know, so n- yeah, we played Carlisle away, didn't we? Yeah, and then they started and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, sufficiently strong teams. You know, so to get through the early rounds, and then you know, so stronger mm. teams when it mattered. So uh, you know, as we said earlier on, it's about getting the balance right. So you know, there will be changes on Saturday. We absolutely know that, but you know, it's got to be just about you know a happy medium, as Sam says. As as Dave says, though, I think the other thing that. Marco will have in his favour is that when Everton do get on a bit of a if Everton can navigate the third and fourth rounds and you get home draws at Goodison mm-hmm. you know you think back to that Chelsea game under Martinez yeah. I've never experienced an atmosphere oh, ever like sure. that it was it was baying wasn't it yeah and I think people say this about about matches throughout the history about any club and say the ground shook that night I genuinely did feel it did yeah. move. Yeah. Oh, that was one of the better ones, you know. That so was unbelievable. That, was you know, that is on a par, you know, with some of the, you know, the, the great atmospheres of the past. The Man United when Duncan Ferguson scored Bayern Munich, even. Yeah. You know, it was it, it was that intense yeah. that night. And I, and I think you know, even away, I think uh, the year we got to the final when we played Sunderland. Sunderland away. How was there that night? Nice. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that stand yeah, behind yeah. the goals. Ten thousand. Ten thousand Everton. Yeah. So. I think for Silver, the key really is, is making Evertonians dream and believe in something. And I think that's what's been lacking and why maybe, as Dave points out, the atmosphere has been a little bit flat because I think that kind of dream that ignited a little bit, Jordan, that good run of form, you know, that we, we had these good players and that we were building towards something, you know, just a little bit of water has been poured on, on that fire. And I think the FA Cup would be a nice way. You know, if you get a draw at Goodson Park against anyone past the fourth, fifth round, it's going to be... Mm. A superb atmosphere that, that genuinely, as we've seen time and time again over the years, but has been sadly lacking now since maybe that Man City 4-0, you know, that that, that makes Everton teams beat the, the, the teams that traditionally, you know, the so-called top six. So I think that's that's what's exciting for me. And I think that's what should be the big lift to Silver and the players, that they're the kind of occasions. This is why footy players are footy players and why managers are managers, to win silverware and to, to take part in, in games like that. And again... It also has a spin-off in the league. If if the fans know there's a big quarter-final, a big a big cup game coming up, mm. you know they'll they'll be just as vociferous in the league. And that's what I was saying earlier on about <coughs> about you know we I think we have to accept that there will be ups and downs this season as the team develops and, and finds its feet and, and the manager. You know, there's going to be. But if you've got the if you've got uh, in the background chugging along an FA Cup run 
I think people are even more understanding of the ups and yeah, downs yeah. of league. It's funny, I think Everton fans, you know, compared to other fans in the Premier League, are, are quite strange beasts sometimes. And, uh, you know, that they, they wait, you know, to be impressed, you know, so they don't just like knee-jerk reaction, you know, so we're going to give you undying support yeah, regardless yeah. like other supporters do. You know, it's, um, it's you know, <laughs> no, 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 about no, no, no names, but they, uh, they, they, are, they, they wait to be impressed. And I can only really think in recent years of uh, Ronald Koeman as possibly the one manager that's got fans excited uh, you know, by his appointments, most of the time fans are like, well, well, okay, let's see what you do, impress us first. And Marco Silva definitely comes into that category. And, you know, I would humbly suggest he hasn't impressed them yet. Um, David Moyes, when he first came in, but that was largely because, you know, Walter Smith was not particularly popular at the time. And, you know, this like, you know, dynamic, fairly passionate approach did grab, grab the imagination from the word go. And the club was in a fairly precarious situation at the time. Uh, but, you know, subsequently, it's just been, oh, all right, you know, so let, let's see what you can produce. And, you know, it's over to you, Marco. We still need to produce something to impress those supporters. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Preno, I, I asked you actually whether whether the 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 sentiment around the FA Cup and how the club views it, it comes from the top right the way right the way down. Well, we can't forget that Farhad Mashiri's first game after taking over was Chelsea. Chelsea. Yes, yeah. at Goodison. That was his first game at yeah. Goodison. So, if anybody can understand what an FA Cup one can bring, it'd be Farhad. So, you would like to think that he's actually saying. Marco, we've got to go for this. Well, you should do. You'd hope that. I mean, we don't know because, uh, you know, he does tend to keep his uh, thoughts to himself uh, far hard. But yes, you know, he will have, you know, been as excited as anybody, you know, so that evening. I just hope he doesn't think it's always going to be like this, you know, because so, clearly it hasn't. And out for his first game, he must have been like, get a cracking atmosphere in here. He's a value for money, this. Arsenal was never like this. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, so, fingers crossed for a smooth passage through to the fourth round on Saturday uh, when Lincoln of the visitors to Goodison and uh, we await uh, Michael's team selection and his thoughts of course we have seen him later this afternoon so around the time this podcast will be available you'll be able to uh, read what Marco has told us um, moving on though but looking back um, Preno as you mentioned it's it's one win in eight I think we've lost four of the last five we are in a bit of a rut we've gone down to 11th in the league table how does Marco get back to the heights of that period between the end of September and the end of November where we were picking up, I think, five wins in seven, playing yeah. very, very well. Uh, peaked in a performance in December the 2nd at Anfield, not the result, of course. We've come nowhere near those levels since. No, it's, it's difficult, you know, because the personnel have largely been the same, you know, throughout that time. And, you know, just, I know the argument's being put forward that that Anfield results, you know, knock the stuffing out of them so much. But, you know, we're talking professional footballers here that need character and need resilience. You've got to overcome that. And they did. They won 5-1, you know, so apparently on Boxing Day. So, you know, there are you know, sort of factors that can be taken into account. But also, you know, the players need to be better than that. I don't know. It's a simple answer. I mean, changing the personnel doesn't seem to be the uh, the way forward. Um, Does he now need to... Now we've come out of that run of four games in 212 hours. Can he get stability again? Is that think that is going to be a big factor? Possibly, but it also will also test his powers of man management. You know, so can he inspire those players? Because uh, that looks like that has been lacking over the last few games. Some players are lacking confidence, but Charleston's going through a little bit of a rut at the moment. And it's, you know... What kind of manager is he now? Is he a manager that can put an arm around them or give them a kick up the backside, whichever is required? Uh, but, you know, he needs to inspire and motivate those players. And it's a test. I mean, you know, the, the big question mark about Marco Silva's management has always been 
after those first three or four months, you know, because he started so well at so many of the clubs he's been at and then suffered a bit of a dip. Now he's suffering a dip now. Now he's got to prove that he's capable of motivating the players to get out of it and yeah. go again. And, you know, he's done it in his previous employments at, um, in Greece and in uh, Portugal. Well, maybe he hasn't because they were processions, you know, so mm. most of the other campaigns he had there. So it's a test of him as a manager. Yeah. No, as I was going to say, Sam, you know, that, that, that anniversary of, of Marco sacking from Watford is, is on the horizon. It was the 21st of January, wasn't it? And he still, he came, he came with that as something he was trying to shake off, that tag of being a, a short-term manager. It looked like he was going to override that very quickly with that great run that we had. But again, he just can't seem to shake it. What's your, what's your hunch? Yeah, I think... Uh, I wrote it after the Spurs game. I think the the last time he won a game for Watford is now the same time, almost to the day, as he's last won a game for Everton, which is obviously, you know, we will win another game under Marco Silva in, in the next few weeks. But I think it, it's just a bit of a strange coincidence, the, the way football throws these things up sometimes. But as we spoke about a little bit at the start, and, and as you've just said then, Dave, it's, it's, you've got to get the, the monkey off your back almost, yeah. haven't you? You've got to... It is all down to for as much talking as we can do and for as much as the club have invested in both Silver and Brands in terms of players on the field, he is him and the players now have got to have got to prove it and there's there's nothing that can really be said about it until they get back to winning games. I think that game against Leicester was just horrible to watch, really, wasn't mm-hmm. it? It was at times it, you probably could have got better value for money just going down to Walton Park and watching a Sunday League kickabout because I think you mentioned it, Phil. It looked like some of the lads had been out on the uh, on the aisle as well before the game. Yeah. Some of the the passing and some of the I, I've never really watched a game like that. That was just so. Um, honest, so I, I think I think that happens sometimes when you have. Let's not forget that Everton had the shortest time scale oh, to yeah. play matches oh, over Christmas. So they had four games in 10 days. And so when you're playing the same kind of players, you are going to get leggy players, mistakes. Was, you know, was, so that, that, was that not a, another sign? Because again, Marco only used two subs in a game yeah. where his players are looking tired. He only sure. used two subs. Now, I don't know whether Marco was trying to be cute and coying and a message to upstairs and to Marcel, uh-huh. etc. Or it was just indicative of a, of a manager going, well, I don't believe in enough of the fringe players yeah. this squad for me is is only 15 deep or 14 deep and you know yeah possibly we, and, uh, we, need, we need time we need windows to get the squad that's going to cope with four games in 10 days exactly you know, as far as messages go you know clearly you know, we, we didn't see Umar Nias we didn't see Morgan Schneiderlin I'm not saying they should have been used because I don't think you know either have the requisite quality you know sort of be at Everton long term and maybe that is the kind of message he was sending out but sometimes you think <laughs> that that little bit of freshness that you know either of them could have, bring, could have brought to the team might have helped so maybe it is a little bit of short term pain for long term gain mm. you know having to accept you know situations like we're having at the moment in order to bolster the squad and bring in more quality and more depth that can you know sort of take the club forward it's a long-term project and you know so sometimes you need a little bit of of calm heads and you know so let's not panic let's just yeah. you know so they have got a project they have got a strategy in place and, and trust them to you know implement it it's just it's funny how quickly things change at Everton really isn't it sometimes I mean this time what what was it four or five weeks ago we were talking about how brilliant everything was and, and now we're sitting here and kind of talking yeah. about how glum everything is and hoping that we can beat League 2 Lincoln City t- to tomorrow, yeah. Uh, so it's one of them. It, it, it does seem like just for the moment and, you know, the short-term thinking, I think, that we kind of had under Ronald Koeman has now came back to bite us just a little bit, a little bit more than maybe we expected with that. 
good run of results and, and maybe that should have been something we were more braced for, something that, you know, we should have expected with a new manager and a, and a new regime and new players who are still definitely finding the feet. Do you know what I mean? You've still got to think, you know, I've seen someone put on, you know, Lucas Dean is, is younger than Lucas uh, Luke Garber. You know, Yeti Mina is still 23, 24. These are young lads coming to a new league and, and we probably still, maybe even this time next season, might not be seeing the, the, the full fruits of what they can actually produce. So, I think it's all just about taking things in, in perspective and hoping in the next four or five games we can, if just a boost to the fans and to just take a little bit of pressure off from the outside, get a few wins on the board and, you know, it, it would still kind of be disappointing to not finish at least eighth in the table, wouldn't it? With, mm. with the strength and the quality that you see week in, week out in the Premier League and the fact that everyone really has beaten each other this season. And obviously, and, 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 and kind of, on that point, Marco and Marcel have both come in at the same time and neither of them are looking for a short-term answer, are they, or a short-term fix. But the problem is the supporters have seen, you know, for generations or for, yeah. for too long, they've seen, that you know, you can understand that there's that kind of, it's not a disconnect, but there's, you know, you've got your two people who are really at the head of football club going, no, we're trying to build for the long term, it's going to take time. Yeah. And supporters who very, very understandably are going, well, how many false dawns have we seen? You know, we were expecting a bit more. It, it, that's the kind of the two parallels at the club at the minute, but hopefully we're going to meet in the middle at some point. But Yeah, well, but Marcel especially is a very impressive individual. And, you know, from the chat you did with him before Christmas, you made it quite clear that there wouldn't be any panic measures. Mm. Um, and, you know, because right now you think, right, OK, lost four of the last five. We need a striker in January. That That is important. That's what happened last year when Cheng Tosin came in. And, you know, OK, though, he's done. He's clearly not top five, top six quality. Um, so, you know, Brands has looked at it again and, you know, thought this, well, January is not a good market to be bringing in strikers. You know, let's just be patient. Let's just be calm. And, you know, so we look for the player that we really want in the summer that will bring the club forward significantly. Uh, and they've already, you know, taken steps forward. I mean, I think it was at the match of the day after the Brighton game. You lose track at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they produced that league table, which showed you that Everson were exactly the same position as they had been in the previous season. Same games played, same games won, same points gathered. You know, effectively, there'd been no change whatsoever, which is nonsense because there has been significant change. The quality of football that we're seeing is yes. far better. We've not been involved, you know, so in a fight down the, you know, the bottom end of the table. Uh, that the the players that have been brought in are significantly better than the players that we were watching last season, and there appears to be a coherent strategy into what they're trying to do in terms of recruitment, which wasn't there the previous season. Just what you're seeing with your own eyes as being you know as being great. Some of the the victories I've seen this season uh, have left me feeling really good about mm. myself. You know, you feel really happy about some of the performances you've seen. Well, we've wanted to go to. I know professionally we've got to, but yeah. but <laughs> fans tell me they've wanted to go to Goodison, which is completely different to last season. Now exactly. obviously taking to account New Year's Day and a few of the recent performances take that to a side but largely everybody wants to go the game don't they? It has yeah but you know you know, rut is a rut and you've got to get out of it you know so as quickly as possible I I still just think it's a blip I still just think uh, you know the, result, the games that Everton have lost, you know, could have gone either way on a couple of occasions, you know, so Brighton was, it wasn't a great performance, but, you know, you hit the woodwork twice and, you know, so you, you have opportunities. Leicester was poor, let's not mm-hmm. forget about it, but, you know, but for one silly mistake by Michael Keane, who was having a great game up until that point. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, you know, it, it finishes as a draw and it's, you know, just one of those, oh, well, it's, you know, go on to the next one. So, you know, there have been contributory factors, but you, know, you need to get out of it as soon as possible. So, you know, Saturday's the perfect opportunity to do that and a win is important. Um, Sam, uh, mentioned Marcel Brand and, and, and his, his views on January. Part of the, obviously the big side is 
bringing players in. But the other side is he also doesn't like to sell in the winter, but he said, obviously, if there's a very serious offer, then they would think about it. A little bit of chat this week about Umar Yas, of course. It's our understanding that Everton will be willing to listen to offers. Do you think it's the right time to sell Umar now or do we keep hold of him? You know, he came on against Brighton and, you know, one of very few appearances this season. Do we let go or do we just hold on until the summer? Uh, I think there's still, I mean, obviously a a lot of fans who who watch Everton, you know, Umar probably isn't of of the quality or the standard that we now want. But for me, he's still given everything. Every time he's pulled on Everton shirt, whether that's been good enough or not, still gave us that Bournemouth moment last season. Um, So if someone comes in with an offer that Everton are happy to take and it's an offer that Umar is happy to go with, then I I don't see a problem because he's not going to, he's not going to play much for party. Uh, So I'd be happy to to see Umar leave to, to, to a good home really in somewhere where he can go and hope I still think he's a striker that will get five, 10 goals a season and could probably suit a club like Palace or, or Cardiff or someone of that ilk. So I think that the difficulty is obviously, you know, for the club, I mean, it's a new era, so it, there won't be too much kind of going into it. But, you know, we lost a lot of money on David Class and we, mm. we're going to lose a lot of money. I know nowadays six, seven million isn't a great deal. No, but you look at Everton's accounts and the wage bills and, yeah. you know, so, all so, and that, that, Again, that's something that definitely, you know, already Marcel Brands, I think you can see as, as remedied. You know, I'm not saying that Everton won too, but if the day ever came, I think where we, we look to sell Dean, Mina, uh, Richarlison, be making big profits on all those players already. So again, that's that. That's another sign of progress. But you know, we're not going to get thirteen point five million for Umar Nias. Nor should we have spent thirteen point five million on him <laughs> when we signed him. No, I did genuinely. I'd never seen him play, and I'd never done this before. But I, I YouTubed him, and I remember turning him to my dad, and I was like, "He's going to get like thirty goals." <laughs> I, I'll never like you. I'll, ne- I'll never forget that debut where he had his hands on his knees uh, after twenty minutes, sucking in lungfuls of air. Having been there training for like two or three months, now he's moving on. You know, so he's not playing, he's not featuring. Uh, he's of no earthly use to the first team. Do you think squad. We'd, get, we'd get more money for him now this month because of the nature of January than we would in the summer? Possibly. I've seen yeah. that story on the Senegal website saying that uh, was it a fee not less than seven million euros, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, yeah, take him. You know, so he's not featuring, he's not even on the bench, you know, so he has been once in the came last, off, like, 10 off, games. Came off the bench yeah. against Brighton, didn't so, he? So he had three successive games on the bench, one of which he came on against Brighton, but prior to that, hadn't figured for, like, seven or eight games mm. in the first-team squad. He's not part of Marco Silva's thinking, you know, so we don't need him in the, in the short term. We will Mo- always have Bournemouth, though. Move him that on. Was some, that was some uh, turnaround, wasn't it? Ah, oh, sure, if it performed, absolutely. Saved, the, uh, saved Ronald's bacon for a few that, weeks, that didn't finish, it? finish, when Davies laid him in, I think, to make it 1-1, yeah. was actually like uh, top six striker levels. Sunderland well. was on, did it for me, the outside of the foot. Sunderland oh, finished, yeah, yeah, and everyone suddenly thought, oh, yeah, you know, nice, oh, you know nah, that was his Dennis Strachwell-Ersey moment, you know, so <laughs> where he's finally, you know, so got his goal. But no, nah, but we've moved on from, from players like that. And, you know, if they're not figuring, if they're not part of the manager's plans, yeah. move them on. I suppose and is probably in a... A tasty wedge as oh, well. So, yeah, we, we well, we, we believe, although it's never been confirmed because the football club, of course, doesn't confirm wages, but we were led to believe at the time that he was earning 60 grand a week at least, which is healthy, isn't it? A which is healthy for a man who's not even in the first team squad. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, no, moving on. And there are other players that you could possibly say that I was. I mean, I know Morgan Schneidlin's a player that divides opinion and I, I would lump him in the same boat as Umar Nias. I don't think the manager does. I think the manager sees mm, a role just, for yeah, him. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Going forwards, but... 
I don't know. I mean, he has shown quality in the past, you know, second half of the season that he signed and he, he was excellent. But for me, there's still attitude issues there that, you know, so it doesn't seem to reproduce that quality as consistently as we'd like to see. Michael, so, it's a confidence issue. Maybe it is then. He clearly knows the player far better than I do. So, you know, you know, I'll take his word on that one. But I, you know, if I was in Marco Silva's shoes, that'd be another one I'd be moving on. And um, just before we wrap up, just on, on this theme, um, James McCarthy is an interesting one, Sam. Again, there's, there's there was some some chat, wasn't there, about West Ham? I mean, I would I'd be amazed if we loaned a player to West Ham. But generally, about sending Jamesy on loan for the rest of the season, do you think that's worthwhile? Um, probably depends on how the rest of the transfer window plays out for me. I think, as Dave's saying, if a club came in with a decent offer for Morgan Schneiderlin, I think I'd rather have McCarthy over Schneidlin. But again, I think it depends on the long term, what Silver sees in long term for McCarthy. I think if the manager thinks, you know, if we can get him out there playing regular minutes uh, and get him back next season as an Everton player, it, it could be a decent move. But again, as you're saying, you know, the teams he's been linked with, maybe like Fulham, West Ham, I wouldn't see the point in strengthening another yeah, Premier Ful- League team. Fulham, obviously, we're not going to be in the same Never know, uh, Phil. no we're not we're not <laughs> I, I just think that, that that one's a very strange one in that Marco Silva doesn't know how good he is yet I mean okay yeah. he's looked at him from afar but you know subsequent managers uh, have used him and have used him frequently I still think of the Goodison derby last season when the game changed when he went off injured you know because mm-hmm. he was such an influence on that match and you know he could have a role to play provided he's come back well enough because that was a horrific injury that he sustained yeah. I don't think Marco Silva knows what he's capable of yet and sometimes managers can be taken by surprise I always remember Roberto Martinez saying that the one player that surprised him was Leon Osman he didn't realise quite you know so how influential a player he could be until he worked with him and James McCarthy could be in that boat you know so he could be a player that Marco Silva is taken by surprise by um, you know he certainly has the quality to surprise a manager so he just whether he's recovered properly mm. uh, and you know they will know behind the scenes whether that is the case I think you know. Sam Allardyce was also saying wasn't he just before that that leg break you know how important he he, he was looking to Everton I think mm. it was that Man United game where he's really really impressive in that so I think there's part of me that, that would like to see him at least given a chance in the first team in January whether tomorrow could be the, the perfect opportunity for that and you know we could we, we can all see then you know fans manager uh, James himself you know whether he has Return properly from that injury and then maybe make our decision from there because I certainly don't think a fully fit James McCarthy would be of benefit anywhere else but Everton. I think he could generally add something to that midfield. Excellent, chaps. Thank you very much for your company. Uh, thank you for listening. But of course, before we leave the customary predictions, uh, oh, Preno, Everton v Lincoln, FA Cup third round, Goodison, Saturday, three o'clock. Have, have we ever got one of these right? Um, <laughs> we should start writing them down, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think about two years ago, I got one right. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go for a, a 2 0 Everton win. I think it might be difficult to break down. Lincoln, they're going to yes. have, what is it, five or 6,000 fans there, baying them on. Uh, the, the changes that Marco Silva will undoubtedly make will take a little bit of time to settle in, but eventually we'll come through and win 2 0. Sam? 5 0 Everton. That's what we we'll like. smash them. We'll the smash exuberance them. of youth. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Well, hopefully uh, Sam is proven correct and it is a resounding victory for the Blues at Goodison. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You can rate, subscribe, and uh, review us on iTunes and on the Acast app, so please do that. Uh, you've been listening to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.